Are you feeling like your kids just need a little extra support when it comes to academics this next school year? Maybe they've fallen behind given the pandemic or really they just need an extra hand up. Well, today we are going to show you some tips and tricks to help you take control of the academics and create a plan of action for success for your kids this school year. Megan, welcome to Redefining Balance for Working Moms podcast. I'm so excited to have you on sharing so much wisdom with us. But before we get into all of the good stuff and we start talking about back to school and how to support our kids, first, let our audience know a little bit more about who you are. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am a mom of three very active boys, ages 13, 12, and 9. I myself love to be outdoors. I like to bring my kids out with me. I love to hike. I have the advantage of being near the beach. So we do a lot of beach adventures, anything that really gets us out and disconnected from our devices. That's the path that we try to take. That's awesome. Three boys. That is a handful. (laughs) I'm a mom of two boys. And this summer, I took on my niece and nephew for a few weeks. Well, probably about a month. And so I had three boys in my house. And it is loud and chaotic. (laughs) And a little bit nutty at times. So between that and then what you do for work and being active, I mean, it sounds like you have a pretty good grasp on balance for your life. How do you think that you define what balance looks like for you? Or how do you know when you have kind of are in the zone of balance? Balance for me is a very active practice. It is a a busy life with three boys and a husband and work. So I try very hard to stay present and centered around values and around just what's most important in my life, which is creating time for myself, creating time for my kids, and time for my husband, as well as time for work. The way that I know that I am in balance is when I've been able to get that time in for me, for my children, for my husband, and to rise to challenges that might come up in work. I love that you kind of describe it as creating time so that you can really be present with them. I think that that's such a great way of defining it. Absolutely. I've I've talked to a lot of moms out there who sort of quantify the the time they have with their kids as actual hours when I think as moms we really know that driving our kids to and from activities, talking to our husbands about day-to-day schedules, that's not truly connecting with those around us and when I I'm trying to carve out time, it's carving out time to have that deeper connection with each of them. I love that. And I think it's so critical. And you're right. Like a lot of people talk about balance. They talk about, you know, hours in, hours out. And like it's a calculator and a spreadsheet <laughs> supposed to magically be even. But I know a lot of moms who spend a ton of time with their kids, but they're not fully present and they're not really investing and in having that quality time 100% of that time. And I would rather have 10 minutes of quality time than an hour of just, you know, everyone looking at their devices and not really talking to each other. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And I think that that fits in so well to what we're going to be talking about today, which is really about being intentional about setting our kids up on that right track and making sure that they are set foundationally for their time going back to school. Now, why do you feel like back to school is such a critical time for kids? I think back to school just brings up that new beginnings for and for kids 
I have found kids are very resilient. So whether or not they had a difficult time at the end of the year before, or if they even have a little bit of worry about the year ahead, they see that new beginning and they move towards it with intention. So back to school just tends to be that time when you can really catch them in the moment. You can pull them in and help get them started in good routine that they can fall back into when all of a sudden the schoolwork ramps up and things get a little more difficult. Yeah, I I totally think that that's great. I mean, I know for me, I always think about back to school as a new beginning, even for myself, let alone my kids. And it was funny, last year, I was kind of joking around with my younger son, he's 10. And at the beginning of last school year, like as summer was kind of winding down, he was like, when does school start? He wanted a countdown. He was so excited to start his new school and see his new friends and, you know, just like get started. Yes. And I was joking around with my husband. I was like, I wonder how long that's going to last. <laughs> <laughs> and it was about six weeks. And then he was like, I hate school. <laughs> yeah, the honeymoon period ends. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But yet now he is here again being like, oh, I can't wait for school to start again. So it is true that they are very resilient and kind of naturally look forward to that new process. And I know as parents, we want to make the very best of that possible. Now you have kind of, I don't want to say an advantage, but it is an advantage because you are a mom, but this is also something that you specialize in. So as someone who kind of helps other parents and helps kids get started into the new year, what does that look like for you? Like, what do you advise people? I know you have something called academic coaching that's a huge part of back to school process. So talk to us a little bit more about that. So academic coaching came about in my business because I was working with so many students and I might have been working with them in a particular subject or even studying for something like the SATs. And I would get a lot of questions from parents and from students that went beyond what we were focusing on. So just as a tutor, I naturally evolved into coaching the kids on their general academics and setting up each week. Sometimes we would be looking at a few subjects that we'd zero in on, but we would try to work through each week and set up a schedule for them, help them to really see the forest through the trees <laughs> so that they understood that that maybe their math troubles they weren't isolated and by themselves there might be an entire system around them that was sort of failing them and was making something like improving math skills a little bit more difficult for them so that could include anything from being overscheduled to not taking advantage of the times that they did have for free time. Additionally, it could just be something where students were feeling very overwhelmed. So academic coaching was just a little bit of an opportunity to sit down for an hour a week and look at the week ahead and make a game plan to approach each week and then check back in a week later and talk about what was working and then talk about what wasn't working. So from starting out subject-based, moving into more academic coaching, I now find that I have more students who I'm working with 
each week. And we are doing that generalized coaching. I think that this is such a critical thing. And I'm so, you know, I think that everything happens for a reason. And I'm so glad that that kind of realization from tutoring to academic coaching, because, you know, really when the kids are in school, like that's their whole life, right? Like, so it's really building them on so many more life skills versus just gathering knowledge or how do you gain more knowledge? So I love that this is kind of the trajectory that you have gone on because I I do feel like it's one of those things that needs the light shown on it a little bit more. And so for parents that kind of want to take on this philosophy of coaching and maybe have time to sit down with their kids and, and kind of look at this, or they're looking to hire someone else who can come alongside and help because, you know, we're all busy and yeah. I don't know everything. And and sometimes I've learned with my kids, especially when it comes to helping them with their homework, I don't always have the patience for that. I'm not the best resource for them. So talk to me a little bit about what this academic coaching would look like. Like, what does it look like to set up that process? Whether someone wants to set it up for themselves or they're looking at bringing someone in to help set really a strong foundation for their kids for the school year? Well, I would say that we're not alone in finding that it's difficult to talk to our kids about academics. I think um, even for myself, it's tough to know how to tutor, but also really understand that your kids don't want to hear it from you as much. But I have found that with my children, I try very hard to set up an actual meeting time with them. So if a parent is out there and would like to just help set their student up for success throughout the year, I would say checking in with your student and asking them, do you have time on Tuesday evening? We could sit down and talk about what you might need for the upcoming school year and laying out for them that you're going to maybe sit down, generate a list of supplies that they're going to need and it's going to take about 30 minutes. That kind of a setup is very helpful. And I've found it to work even with my own children, that if I give them a specific time, place, I let them have input on if Tuesday is going to work for them, or maybe Wednesday is better. And really listening to them and helping them see that you want to collaborate with them. You don't want to take things over from them. And you don't want to nag them, which is kind of how they would see it, not how we would see it. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, especially with my 14-year-old, it is 100% probably him feeling like I'm nagging him. (laughs) Because even this last school year, I had it on my calendar for like a weekly check-in just to, you know, I mean, the school systems are so great nowadays where I can log in, I can see all of his work, see what's missing, communicate with his teachers, which is amazing. But I also am a big proponent on teaching my kids to be self-sufficient and adults. And I'm not the one who needs to always come in behind and make sure that they have all of their stuff done. But then whenever I try to engage in a conversation with him, it's always a battle. He always feels attacked. It goes on the defensive. As soon as I say, hey, let's talk about school real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's immediately like defensive. I don't want to talk about it with you. So right. I do think it is brilliant being able to have someone else that can kind of just speak into their life and, and give them a maybe a different influence in a positive way for this. So when you're talking about this meeting, are you talking about a reoccurring weekly meeting or just like a one-time setup? Let's talk about with the school year and, and everything that you need and set you up for success. I think that there's a definite need to check back in with your student. So if you're doing this as a parent, 
one, I, I know my own kids. So I know that if I approach them and said, hey, I want to talk to you about your science grade right now, that defense is going to come right up and we're not going to get very far. So that's why when I do talk to my kids, I put it out there and I say, I think that it would be helpful if we sat down, we made a game plan for what we're going to do for biology moving forward. Why don't we sit down on, you know, and I give them that specific time. It diffuses them and it makes it so that they're not feeling attacked and it gives them a little bit of time to sit back and think, oh, wait a minute, I think I could use this time. And then what I have found with all of the students that I work with, that weekly check-in point is important. If weekly is unmanageable, it's fine for it to be every other week. It's fine for the day to change week to week. But I do find that when you have that established check-in point with students, that's when they say, oh, I needed to get a folder for my class and I haven't gotten that yet, which I find that drives parents crazy when at the end of a, a session, I bring up that they're missing a school supply or they, they need something so simple because the parent is there. They're ready to listen. They're ready to jump on Amazon and order a three hole punch or whatever it might be. But students just, they're, they're busy and they, they don't often think about this. So when they're finally given that opportunity to talk about, you know, is there anything you need? Is there anything coming up? How are the systems we put into place working for you? Do we need to tweak something? That's when they actually sit back and think about it. And I think carving out that time for them to just reflect on, is this working for me? Am I missing something? It's really important for them. Again, it brings them from school life to everyday life and then beyond into adulthood. I think that that's amazing. And especially when you were talking about when you bring it up to say, hey, let's talk about it next Tuesday or tomorrow or putting a different time on it versus let's talk about it right now. And I think sometimes we forget that our kids are humans. <laughs> and if my, you know, my boss came to me and was like, hey, I want to talk to you about this right now, I would feel a little bit like on the spot and like, uh, let me, you know, try to get everything together and put my mind even in that space versus if I have a scheduled meeting with my manager, and I know we're going to be talking about this particular topic, I'm going to be a whole lot more prepared and feel a lot more confident in, in just sharing and talking about what it is that I need or bringing ideas forward. And I think it's the same thing for our kids. So I think that that's a great reminder that no one wants to be put on the spot and called on the carpet on, yeah. you know, a missing assignment or a grade or a comment that a teacher made or whatever it might be. So I love that approach. That's really, really great. Yeah. I, and I do think exactly what you said about you'll get a better story. You'll get more information if you give them a little bit of time. Because if you do point out, and I've had parents do it right when I'm sitting there, they bring up the portal, they show their child, look at this, you're missing this homework, you're missing this homework. And I've seen that defense mode come up where kids start, there's a lot of blame bounced around. She hasn't put the grade into the portal yet. I did that assignment. Oh, and yes. It's a different story when I check in with a student the week before 
and we bring up the portal and I make a list, a handwritten list for them. And I say, can you please check in with your teacher about this? You could do it right now on email. You can go to them after school or before school, or you can find time during the day to check in with them and just ask about these assignments. And I am going to follow up with you next week when we meet. So that way, it gives them a little bit of time if they didn't do something to get it done, get it in. And also just to to figure out their own approach towards how they're going to remedy something that might be missing or something that might might be missing grade-wise, but they did actually get it in. That's so amazing. And I love everything that you're saying because it definitely creates a more positive environment and, and really helps the kids move forward in the right direction. But what age should this type of conversation or academic coaching start taking place? Because I, I can definitely see this kind of a structure fitting in. And as you're talking about like the blame and like you've been in my house <laughs> when, I'm talking, <laughs> when I'm talking to my, my 14-year-old. But I also have someone who's in elementary school. So right. should academic coaching kind of start earlier on or kind of at the middle school age or, or when should this start to take place? You guys, it's back. Life Balance Method starts a new 12-week program on September 11th. And now is the time to sign up and get ready. You'll learn the life balance system to grow in every area of your life, be more productive and build solid routines that are the backbone of balanced living, all while keeping you focused on putting God first in your life and living in community. The 12-week program includes weekly lessons to learn the system while you live it out. Plus, I'm going to mail you a life balance planner as an extra resource to help you include the program and its principles in your everyday life. Now, these are audio lessons, which are easy to incorporate into your weekly routine and apply to your already busy life. Why not end the year strong and on the right note and let the next 90 days be the time frame that helps you get organized, clear, and ready to do all that God has called you to. You'll get lessons on each area of life, including your faith, marriage, parenting, home, finances, health, career, and friends and fun. Beyond giving order to these areas of life, you'll learn the monthly, weekly, and daily process of keeping everything balanced in your own unique way. Enroll early and save. Go to yourliferocks.com and click on the programs and resources to learn more. I feel as though it's never too late. So if any parents are out there listening and they have a college student, it's never too late. You can still check in with them. But I have started with my youngest child. So he is going into fourth grade. And sometime around third, actually, no, even before that, I think we had a, just a, a regular class project about family traditions in second grade. So this would be a project that would take longer than just one night for a homework assignment. We had to gather together some information. We had to, I think we had to interview my mother for something. So there were a few steps and a second grader, a third grader, they truly can't handle that. They do need to have a little help. And that's a great time to start that check-in with them, to, to say to a second grader who probably doesn't have too much going on, but say to them, I'm going to, how about we sit down on Thursday? When you get home from school, we'll have a snack. We'll sit down and we'll read through this paper to know what we need to do. Then we'll start working through it. 
So I have found with my youngest kids, as we go through those types of projects, it's a nice way to help them take what could be a little bit overwhelming to someone and to chunk it, break it up and help them see that if I just approach each little piece, it makes this a lot more manageable. Okay. So even with littler kids, you can kind of start the process. And, you know, even as you were talking, I was thinking, I have kind of started doing this without knowing I was doing it, probably not as structured as as I could be. Because I know when you're talking about academic coaching, you kind of have a a bit of a structure that you follow with it. But I do think that it sets a different foot for collaboration with your kid around school. So that becomes like a normal thing. Whereas like right now, like I said, with my 14 year old, it is very defensive and it's, you know, He's always worried he's going to get in trouble. Whereas with my fourth grader, it's not necessarily that way because we've approached things a little bit differently with him. Right. And I think that's just experience as moms. I mean, totally. (laughs) That just is how it goes. (laughs) Yeah. But that gives me hope, though, that you said it's not too late. (laughs) It's never too late. No, it's never too late. (laughs) And maybe that's where, you know, bringing someone in, if it is kind of, you know, really difficult to set a new course that might be right. It might be really helpful for the parent not to be doing this. But now I know when I, you're talking about the structure and you're talking about the right tools and resources and the routines, when you're talking about tools and resources, define a little bit more of what, what that is. So tools and resources, I see for many students as they, it really, it can be for elementary all the way through college age, the tools that they need to be successful are your basic school supplies. Um, So those could be anything from a place, a centralized location where they can grab post-its or a highlighter or an extra folder. And then additionally, tools for them to be successful can include, you know, maybe what we used to have, which were dictionaries and a thesaurus. They can jump online and get those. But a good old-fashioned grammar book is a very helpful resource for students. And additionally, helping students find a go-to resource for particular subjects. So this just might be a YouTube channel that does a really great job, biology videos or chemistry videos, something that they are used to going to one particular location to help supplement what they might be learning or just to explain it in a different way if they didn't quite understand it in school. So we want to help our students find trusted resources that match up with the materials they already have and to really limit those because uh, something that I have found in the last 10 years is that Students have too many resources. They have too much access to all different websites and videos and resources that that we think of as being helpful. But if they have too many coming from too many different places, they can get lost in that, that chaos. So having the single resource is a really valuable tool for them to sort of push out everything that might be a little bit too much. And just to know, if I get stuck on this math problem, I'm going to go to this website, because I have done this in the past, and it's worked for me. And that's where I go to figure out math. 
Yeah, it's so true. I mean, even as you were saying, there's so many resources for the kids. I was thinking there's so many resources for all of us that it gets confusing and overwhelming. So I I like that tip of kind of making a short list of the resources. Short lists are good. Short lists are good. And you're right. There's so many great things on YouTube and it's amazing to have all those resources, but you can definitely get lost in it. And and especially when there's contradictory information, yes. it can be crazy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. And time management. I mean, we, they don't have enough time. To, they can really get sucked into oh, yeah. something like YouTube or to um, a resource. And I also find it, if they're studying for finals at the end of the year and they get to a chapter they're reviewing and they need a little bit more help, oftentimes students will tell me, oh, I found something online and it was really helpful, but I don't really remember where it was. If they have a go-to place where they're getting their math help, they're getting their science help, then it's a lot easier for them to go back and not try to reinvent the wheel because review when they've already seen it in the past is very helpful. But just going back, jumping online, looking for yet another way for a concept to be explained is not, that's not review and that's not very helpful to them. That's so great. And it's like a life skill too, of being able to organize things and organize your time and, and just be able to have everything together. And what a great gift to give your kids to be able to learn that skill early on that they can carry on throughout adulthood. Yes. Yeah, totally. Totally. Now I know kind of the third thing that you are really focused in on, especially as kids are going back into school and kind of setting up that routine of what they're going to be doing academically. Talk to us a little bit more about routines. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of routines. I We teach them inside of our membership. We talk about them a lot on the podcast. But when it comes to our kids, what kind of routines should they be having and how can parents help support those routines? I think the most important routine for students would be that they sit down one time a week and they look at the week ahead. So as I myself find that sitting down on Sunday, that's a good time for me to take a look at the week ahead, get a a little bit of a grasp on what types of activities might be, you know, coming up on the calendar. If there's something that's not a usual event for us, I know that it's coming. And I also start to see where I might need a little bit of support. So I might look at the schedule ahead and say to myself, okay, we need to reach out to some moms, see about setting up a carpool. Additionally, it's a good time for me to look at the week ahead and say, we have two late nights. Dinner is going to be a challenge. Let's think about that now and make a plan for what we're going to do on those nights. So. I like to to tell parents, and I do this myself, I like to model for the kids how I get myself organized, because I hope that that is going to show them that sitting down, taking a little bit of time to preview the week can really help set up for a successful week. So with a student, it doesn't have to be Sunday. It can be a day that they pick. But they should have as part of their routine once a week, they're looking at the week ahead. They're looking at projects that might be going on. They're looking at tests that might be coming up. They're taking a look at how their soccer practices and activities are going to impact 
their schoolwork for the week. And that gives them a chance to get out ahead of it, to, you know, to, to make their plans to do double homework one night because maybe the following night is going to be a little bit difficult to really squeeze in enough time. So in addition to that, I find some kiddos are procrastinators. And, uh, no. Yes. And it takes, it takes one to know one. I, am a, I have always been a wonderful procrastinator. So I, I give grace to those procrastinators. I've, I recognize it, but I also help them understand that there is a way past it. And for me, that is helping them find the value in a timer. Setting a timer for 15 minutes is something that kids of all ages, including myself, tend to be able to do in order to get to those tasks that just seem to be looming and we don't want to approach them. So I I have some students who don't want to sit down and take their class notes and their homework notes, marry them together. So I encourage them to set that timer, sit down, take that 15 minutes and just work on those notes. That can be the same for math facts. It can be applied to anything, including just cleaning out your backpack. But for some reason, that timer, and again, knowing there's a set start and end, just like setting up a time to check in with your student, where you make that appointment and you tell them it's going to start at this time and we'll talk for about 20 minutes or whatever it is that you decide on, that helps them tremendously. So helping them really see that chunking out their day in 15-minute, 30-minute increments is, is a good way to help them get started on their work. And that routine of making this happen by taking a peek at your week ahead, knowing what each day looks like is helpful. That's incredible. Now, we talk a lot about weekly planning here at Your Life Rocks. And in fact, we have a free course inside of our app. And we've done shows in the past about weekly prep for kids. And I think that it is such a crucial thing for everybody. And using a timer just helps develop self-discipline and focus and all of those good things. So I highly encourage everyone to do exactly what you're talking about. Now, we've kind of been talking this entire episode about this academic coaching and how to have these conversations with your kids and how to be organized about it. But for people who, like me, for my Mm 14-year-old, how do parents know when they need to call in help? Like, how do you recommend people to know, like, what parents' involvement should be versus bringing in someone like yourself, like a tutor or someone who does this professionally? I find that there's just, there are different times when parents are a little overwhelmed by what's in front of them. So that could either mean the actual subject material that the students are dealing with, or it could mean that they're overwhelmed by getting too involved in these sticking points for kids. We really want to have positive relationships with our children, especially our teenagers. And sometimes you need to be more of the listener, more there for the emotional support. And if you find that at conflict with being there as an academic coach or an academic cheerleader for them, 
I would say it's worth your time and money to bring in a tutor, bring in a coach, bring in somebody else that can help you. And additionally, if you're finding a communication breakdown between you and your teen, bringing in someone who can be that communicator for you. I often will talk to parents before I sit down with a student, even a student I've worked with for an entire school year. I might call a parent and say, this is what we're working on. This is what the student is telling me is going on at school. Are you getting the same feedback? I'd like to get us on the same page. And I like to let parents know that any messages they might want to relay to their student without feeling like they're being a nag, I can do that for them. So I think any professional would be able to do that for you. And that that would definitely be the time to bring somebody else in. That's such a great value to be able to add. And I love how you said like the parents, you know, anytime school gets in the way of that relationship because parents really need to be there to help emotionally steer their kids and, you know, be them for them, be there for them on that level. And if school's kind of starting to interfere with that, then that's a good time to be bringing in someone else. Yeah. Now for parents, when they're getting ready for back to school and, you know, it's so daunting when you think about the back to school shopping from clothes to supplies to new schedules and, you know, even just getting kids to go to bed early and wake up early <laughs> again after summer break. And yeah. some of those just like, it's real. Like there's, it can be a little bit of a struggle. So what's the last piece of advice that you have for parents as they're kind of preparing to get kids ready for back to school? Because obviously everyone wants their kids to have a great foundation for the school year and a great foundation for academics. And it's certainly our intention going back to what we had talked about in the very beginning. So what's that biggest piece of advice that you have for parents for this back to school time? Less is more. Um, I would say that some of us get swept up in that back to school newness, the routines. I know that in my town, there's a lot of opportunities to volunteer. And we have to remember that when we're raising families and taking care of yourself, it's a lot. And we don't want our children overscheduled and we don't want ourselves overscheduled. So I really find for parents, uh, for moms, it's important to say no and to, when you're looking at your week ahead, make sure you have a little downtime highlighted and create some downtime if you don't see it. Because our kids are only little for a little bit of time. And this is a really great opportunity to show them that you're prioritizing your balance, your downtime, and your active time. And you want to model that for them so that they take that into life. So, so, so great. I'm a huge proponent of margins in the calendar, uh, not scheduling every last second. And it's so hard when it comes to back to school time, because then you start thinking of all the shoulds, like, oh, I should get them in a sport, or I should get them in some other activities, and I should do all of these other things. And then next thing you know, you don't have any time to breathe and actually enjoy life. So such great advice, such great advice. Now, Megan, if people want to work with you or learn more about what you do, where can they find you? You can go to my website. That's at parkerrivertutoring.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, both under parkerrivertutoring.com. And you can find me there. 
Fantastic. We will link to everything Megan has to offer in our show notes page at Your Life Rocks. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the show and really helping us set up a strong foundation for our kids, for ourselves, as we enter in this new season. Thanks, Jenny. This was a great time talking to you. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today. Just because the show is over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Hit subscribe and dive into another episode or jump on over to my YouTube channel for more content to help you thrive as a working mom. Ready to get into action? You can find a number of resources at yourliferocks.com, including the free weekly success planning course. Sign up for free at yourliferocks.com. Talk to you soon.